Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host Michael and this episode is Q&A number 94. Before we get into today's questions, big thanks to our sponsors. First we have Precision Hydration that you can find on precisionhydration.com and they make electrolyte products that you can match to your individual uh, sweat sodium concentration. So if you are somebody that loses a lot of sodium in your sweat, you can get uh, a more highly concentrated electrolyte supplement and make sure that you adequately replace the lost sodium. Uh, whereas if you are somebody that uh, does not lose as much sodium, then you can get something with a more moderate or low amount of sodium in it and uh, make sure that you maintain that sodium balance. And the longer the, the training or racing you're doing is and the harder it is outside, the more important it is to uh, to make sure you stay on top of your electrolyte uh, homeostasis or electrolyte balance. So check them out and you can take a free online sweat test to get uh, a good ballpark estimate for how much sodium you lose in your sweat and that can inform your training and racing strategy. You can get 15% off their products with the promo code thattriathlonshow15 on precisionhydration.com. And thank you to Roka that you can find on roka.com. Roka is one of the most innovative companies in the triathlon space and they have multiple patented technologies. They have, for example, uh, the uh, Gecko anti-slip for their uh, eyewear, for their sunglasses and prescription glasses. They have the arms up technology for their wetsuits and for their tri-suits. And that's something that is really cool that if you have both a Roka tri-suit and a wetsuit, then you will uh, absolutely have maximal shoulder mobility because of the arms up te- technology that prevents any sort of restriction of your shoulders and multiple other technologies and innovations uh, similar to that or in different categories of course but with the purpose of making you faster uh, in your triathlon or endurance activities so uh, read up on the products on roca's website they have some super cool details there that you might not have been aware of it's worth going there and having a look Look, and if you're in the market for wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, high-performance eyewear, or prescription glasses and sunglasses, then look no further. Roka is the place to go. And you can get 20% off your order with the promo code that you can find on roka.com forward slash TTS. Now let's get into today's question, which is from Sebastian in Germany. And Sebastian writes, Hi, Michael. First of all, thank you for the great podcast, which provides excellent opportunity for self-coached athletes to review their own training and race preparation in general. Uh, I am 33 years old and have a 20-year background in triathlon from 2009 to 2013. Uh, I did Ironman and 7.3 races, uh, with the highlight being uh, a, 2000, a podium spot in 2010 in my age group in Kona and the 15th overall at Ironman Frankfurt in 2012. Since 2016, I switched my focus to Xterra Racing, where I won the European Tour in 2017, and in the same year I got an age group podium spot at the World Championships in Maui. I would really appreciate to listen to your opinion on the necessity of a long run in the race preparation for Xterra events. Long, in my case, means a weekly run of around 2 hours, which is 20 to 25 kilometers with with around 1,000 meter meters of elevation gain, mostly on trails, with the intensity being mostly low to moderate on the ascents. I am unsure whether the positive effects on my running are worth the cost in terms of fatigue for the following days and its impact on the bike sessions. My typical training week is between 17 to 20 hours, and I am working full-time as a software developer. Thank you very much once again. Thank you for the great podcast. 
All right. Thank you, Sebastian, for uh, the question. And uh, just for listeners' benefit, let's first describe the Xterra events. So Xterra is a brand of off-road triathlons. And the distances are kind of similar to the Olympic distance, but the event ends up being longer in duration due to the off-road element of the bike and the run. So a mountain bike and a trail run. So for example, uh, at the World Championships in Maui, the typical professional men's winning time is around 2 hours 35 minutes. And if you compare that to an Olympic distance triathlon uh, at top level in the World Triathlon Series, for example, the winning time might be around 1 hour 45 minutes or so. So so the Xterra is definitely closer to an Olympic distance race than a half distance in terms of time. Uh, but uh, but still, it is a fair bit longer if you consider that it that is what 50 minutes, 50 minutes of difference. So either way, to start answering your question about the long run, and uh, I'm going to actually we you can consider as a listener, consider this more of a general discussion of the long run first. I will get into some specifics regarding the Xterra as well. But uh, yeah, I think that the long run is important, regardless of whether we're talking Xterra, Ironman or sprint distance racing, uh, if optimal performance is the goal. Obviously, if you're just looking to complete your first sprint distance race, then you don't need to do a long run. You, that's, that's a completely different uh, approach and a different discussion. But if optimal performance is the goal, then a long run is important. But the question is just how long should the long run be and how frequently do you need to do that, do it? And this can differ greatly between these different goal events and distances. So it depends, obviously, and even within a specific event, within Xterra, for example, it depends on the athlete as usual. And you probably will have to experiment a bit on yourself to find what's ideal for you. But uh, some thoughts that I have that I think can steer you in the right direction uh, are, first of all, uh, let's start with the main variables that you have to play with when it comes to the long run. And those, I would say, are the duration, how long should your long run be, and the frequency, how often should you do it. So first of all, I do not think that you have to do a long run every week, necessarily, especially if it takes a lot out of you, then maybe try doing it every two weeks or every 10 days so this is uh, an important thing to keep in mind you can adjust this frequency variable uh, as well as the length of the run itself it might not be that two hours is too long for you it might just be that you're doing the two hour runs too often second regarding the duration of the run uh, i think that a general approach for many athletes in terms of the Xterra question that you're asking is that a 90 minute long run would be enough as a bit of a guideline and uh, I'll get into some more specifics on how to adjust that in just a little bit. And third, consider how you combine and uh, combine the two variables above, so the frequency and the duration. So maybe every three weeks you can do a two-hour long run, but then the two weeks in between you do a long run that is just between 75 and 90 minutes. So you don't have to stick to the same protocol necessarily every single week, but combine them and get the best of both worlds, so to say. Now, you do also have some other options and variables to consider. And in particular, let's talk about intensity. You could include some higher intensities in your long run. And uh, 
that to some extent will give you some, but not all, of the benefits of a much longer run. And this is something I talked about in detail in Q&A number 51. I'm trying to uh, scroll up in my notes here. Yes, Q&A number 51, I'll link to it in the episode description and any other related uh, Q&As and episodes I've done on this topic. But Q&A number 51 is recommended additional listening. You can include intensity to get some of the additional benefits of a much longer run, but not all of them. But uh, even that that being said, I mean, including intensity is also a great way to, to get some race-specific training done. So for example, if you do a 90-minute long run, but you include, let's say, a 6-kilometer segment of running at tempo effort, followed by 2 to 3 kilometers at race pace towards the end of that ride uh, run, sorry, then you will experience a level of fatigue in that race pace segment that simulates what you might feel on race day. So that would be a highly beneficial uh, qualitative uh, long run. And it's just 90 minutes, but probably you might get more bang for buck from that than you might from a from a two-hour run, at least in the, uh, in the last couple of months leading up to a race. Another example uh, could be to do your long run as a build run or a progression run, uh, whatever you want to call it where you just gradually increase the intensity throughout the run, for example, every 15 minutes, and uh, the last 15 minutes might be close to race pace. In terms of periodization, I do think that especially in that specific preparation phase for the race, which might be the last couple of months, then these types of long runs that include some sort of intensity, and in some cases it might just be a bit of tempo running, but you do it in a heavy training week, that means... Uh, a fair amount of running on fatigued legs, especially if you do that towards the end of the long run, that can be highly beneficial, highly race-specific. When you do it on the trails, especially the strength component of that is really, really big and uh, therefore specific to the race events. So so when you do these runs towards the end of your preparation in the last couple of months before the race, these long runs really don't have to be any longer than 90 minutes, I feel, for Xterra as a good general guideline. And I do think that that will probably serve you better than a two-hour low-intensity run. Uh, it's just the principle of specificity. When when you get to that point of, this, of the season where you're preparing for a race, if it's a key race, that is, uh, then the specificity is, is really king. In the base training phase, further out from your races, then those low-intensity runs might be a better choice. And maybe then another aspect that you might want to consider and that can play in your favor is that your intense sessions in that part of the season aren't as demanding. So you could do your low-intensity two-hour run and still be okay for your next session because that session is not going to be as hard as it would be when you are just a month out or a month and a half out from from your key race obviously you would have to gradually build up to that two-hour run but and not just start it the first week of base training after a season break but uh, but that probably goes without saying for you and again even if you never go above 90 minutes for the long run i do think that at the xterra uh, it's not necessarily going to have a negative impact on your performance so when i talk about including how to include these two-hour runs how to periodize them etc it's not that i'm saying that you have to do them it's just suggesting where to do them and how to get the most out of them if you decide to do them now let's get into some factors that i would look at as a coach when it comes to determining whether an athlete should be given relatively speaking longer long runs or not and those factors would include actually first uh, weight 
So the 90-minute run of an 80-kilogram runner might correspond to the two-hour run of a 60-kilogram runner from an impact perspective. Because obviously the more you weigh, the more impact forces you're going to have to absorb, the higher the injury risk, and all else being equal. Uh, so so that's something that is going to be really, really important. And uh, that's why we can look at the Kenyans and see how much they're running. And uh, actually very few Westerners match the running volume that they do but uh, when we look at the weights there that's one of the explanations why they can do that amount of of running so so weight is an important factor there then muscle fiber type so how dominant are your fast twitch versus slow twitch components if you are somebody with a more dominant fast twitch component to your muscle fiber distribution then you will potentially experience more muscle glycogen depletion from long ride long runs and rides and more muscle damage that's actually something we talked about uh, just last week on the q a and both might have a negative impact on performance in the following workouts so the, the athlete that is more of a fast twitch athlete i would be giving a relatively shorter long run compared to the slow twitch athlete so again a kenyan being the ideal example uh, weighing 60 kilograms or 55 kilograms and being very very slow twitch dominant uh, that's somebody who would be a prime candidate for doing a lot of like relatively long long runs then running background and injury history if you are somebody with a strong running background maybe that was your main sport you did before triathlon they've gone through a lot of training cycles when you were doing weekly long runs and so on then that puts you in a good position to be able to all else being equal deal better with more frequent and longer long runs than somebody who doesn't have the same amount of lifetime mileage in their legs but on the other hand if you have a history of injuries from running then that is a good reason to be more careful with your long runs and especially during those periods of your training when you also do a fair amount of high intensity running uh, because it's probably you're probably not going to injure yourself in the long run itself but it might be that easy run once you have done a couple of hard runs and then a long run and then the next easy run you come home and you realize that the little niggle that you just felt when you were going out actually turned into into something more than a niggle so yeah that's something to really look out for when you are doing more intense running maybe you you need to consider dropping down the volume of your long runs if you at least if you have an injury history you also need to look at your strengths and weaknesses and limiters for a goal event, of course. So so if the run is your limiter, then I do think that the long run is a, a strong card to play and one of the most important uh, tools you have in your toolbox to improve your run, along with probably a, a race-specific run with both intensity and terrain that simulates, simulates the race. And and if that is the case, you are working on improving your run specifically, that is your weakness or your limiter, then from the principle of progressive overload, I would say that at some point, yes, you probably do end up going to to go for two-hour long runs on a fairly regular basis to try to really eke out every last percentage point of your running that you possibly can. But but if your limiter is not the run, if that is a relatively strong strong discipline of yours then those last few percentage points from a return on investment perspective from going from 90 minutes to two hours are probably not worth it you'd be better served spending that, that extra energy on really eking out every single ounce of uh, adaptation that you can on the bike if that is your weakness or the swim if that is your weakness and so on i also want to make a quick mention of uh, 
uh, referring to what are the top professionals doing. And uh, I have to say that I do not have any knowledge of the top Xterra guys and gals, unfortunately, so I can't speak for that. But if we look at how ITU, Olympic distance athletes train, then from the examples that I've seen and heard of and uh, talked with coaches, I do think that it's pretty common to have 90 minutes be the longest run uh, for a large majority of, of the training cycle. And obviously, this is despite the run being absolutely critical for them. So I do think that that's worth keeping in mind that these athletes that are going for Olympic golds, etc., that they don't necessarily consider that longer than 90 minutes is necessary. Of course, there are people that are going longer than that. But, but for a lot of them, I think that 90 minutes seems to be uh, as, as long as they go. So... So probably again, that speaks to the fact that you can you can get a lot out of a ninety minute long run for Olympic distance racing, and I think also for Xterra racing. Even though I can't speak to what the professionals are doing on that side. In addition to considering how long and how often you should do your long run, uh, I do want to give some recommendations uh, also around how to structure your training and structure your microcycle around the long run. And it's going to be individual again, but generally, I would say that. For a two-hour long run or longer, then I would give the athlete two days with no hard running after that. At least two days with no hard running. It might be more. But uh, if you do your long run on a Sunday, then no hard running until Wednesday. If the long run, however, is 90 minutes and the athlete is a fairly experienced athlete, then they might be okay with just one day with no hard running. And uh, it all depends on how the overall microcycle is structured. That doesn't necessarily mean that I would... I would be forced to put a hard run on the Tuesday if they do the long run on the Sunday, but they would be okay if that is what works the best for the schedule. And uh, and actually, some athletes can even do a hard workout the next day if the 90-minute run is just a low intensity or like kind of moderate intensity run, then that's not, not even a problem to do a hard intensity run the next day because 90 minutes for an experienced athlete is uh, is short enough that, that you can do a, a good hard workout the next day. For a two-hour or longer long run, uh, the, the ideal situation would be that the day after the long run, I would have the athlete maybe do a swim and and or a short and easy bike ride. Or for some athletes that do have a complete rest day during the week, it could be that they have that complete rest day. So for example, the long run would be on a Sunday and then the Monday would be a rest day. If you are somebody that recovers well, then you might be able to do a long ride the following day. So you could run on the Sunday or run on the Saturday and uh, ride on the Sunday for four hours or whatever you want to do. But uh, I generally think that it's best to avoid doing anything too intense on the bike the following day. And that's for the two plus hour long run. Again, I feel that for a 90 minute run, experienced athletes can generally do good intensity on the bike after a 90 minute run with, with no problem. Uh, assuming that the overall microcycle structure is, uh, is on point, of course. Also, you need to consider the overall load in the training plan. So when it comes to runs that go beyond 90 minutes, I tend to look at those runs and treat them almost as if they were intense runs in that I get on the alert that I should be careful as uh, running for that long, uh, as I said, comes with a significant mechanical stress. Uh, and uh, especially this will depend on, on your weight, as I mentioned. That's why I said that the 90-minute run for an 80-kilogram runner might uh, correspond to the, the two-hour run for the 60-kilogram runner. But uh, in a training week where 
you sent me a training week that i didn't read in the question uh, i shortened the question a little bit but in your typical training week you posted a tempo run on tuesday a vo2 max intervals on the run on thursday and the long run which is a two-hour trail run for you on friday and then a hard bike ride bike intervals on saturday with a brick run i would be okay with that if the friday long run is 90 minutes or shorter and it's that short to moderate intensity that you talked about and assuming that you're well adapted to those 90 minutes uh, for somebody who would who is only well adapted to 75 minutes i would be okay with that week if the long run is up to 75 minutes no longer but when the long run goes to two hours or anything really above 90 minutes one hour 45 or whatever it is i would see that as three highly stressful runs within four days tuesday thursday and friday and that would just be too much to me and then you go and do a hard bike ride and a brick run on sunday and and i would think that that is a very big risk and that uh, that should be changed with the duration of the long run so if you want to do that two-hour run what i would do is that i would skip the first day run or i would switch the first day run from an intense run to just an easy or steady endurance run so you only do one other quality workout so meaning either intervals or tempo on tuesday then an endurance run on Thursday and the long run on Friday. And then you can do your bike and brick on, on Saturday. Finally, I just want to give some quick guidelines for what I think are good durations to build up to as your long run uh, from the perspective of achieving your optimal performance for a given race distance. So note that uh, for beginner athletes, for example, uh, these are not the necessary distances to be able to complete whatever distance a sprint distance or olympic distance uh, it may be it is sort of for a full distance my recommendations sort of converge but but for the shorter distances you can definitely complete and have a good time without going this long but this is for achieving your ideal performance and my general recommendations would be that for a sprint distance race you would need to do your long runs at 75 to 90 minutes long for an olympic distance i would recommend 90 minutes for Xterra, I said 90 minutes already. Maybe I would say 90 to 100 minutes uh, as a range because, uh, yeah, on average, I might want the Xterra athlete to go a little bit longer than the Olympic athlete because the event is longer. And uh, for a half distance, I would say one hour, 45 minutes or as long as you will be out on the run course. So if the run will take you two hours for the half distance, then I do think that you should be doing a fair amount of two-hour runs in training. And for the full distance, I think you should be doing regular two-hour runs. And you should have three to six runs in your build-up that are 30 to 35 kilometers. For depends on your speed, of course. But uh, that might be anywhere from, let's say, two hours 15 to three hours 15 uh, for a lot of athletes. If you are on the faster side of things, then you should you are completing that. You are completing 35 kilometers in two hours 15. Then uh, make most of those runs on that longer end of the spectrum, 35 kilometers. Maybe even a couple of your runs could go to 36 to 38 kilometers to to get to two and a half hours. If you're on the slower end, then I tend to use three hours as a point of diminishing returns, regardless of distance. Uh, or almost regardless of distance so maybe i would recommend doing three runs that are three hours long and that might give you let's say for argument's sake three times 28 kilometers then maybe add to that one run that is 32 kilometers just to have gone within 10 kilometers of that race marathon distance and uh, that's that 
So that's it for today. Keep sending in questions to michael at scientifictriathlon.com and that's Michael with a K. And I look forward to answering them on a future Q&A episode. If you are looking for training plans, coaching, customized training plans, and so on, please do check out scientifictriathlon.com and check out all we have to offer there. And if you have any questions, then just contact us uh, through the contact forms or through my email that I mentioned uh, above. And thank you finally to our sponsors, Precision Hydration, that you can find on precisionhydration.com. Go and take their free online sweat test to get a personalized hydration strategy for your next race. And use the promo code thatstriathlonshow15 to get 15% off your order. And thank you to Roka that you can find on roka.com. Check out their wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, high-performance eyewear, and prescription glasses and sunglasses. And get 20% off your order on roka.com forward slash TTS. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.